What's the latest? Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Newland and Ronnie Flores here with you for episode number 75. Last week, Ronnie, we talked to a handful of high school coaches on you know, how they're going to approach the CIF you know, Southern section and other various sections pushing the start date back to um, you know early to mid-March for high school basketball. And this week, uh, in a couple minutes here, we're going to talk to a couple players who play in these sections in this this area. And then we're going to bring on a couple of college coaches to kind of give us some insight on, you know, how things have changed for them, uh, both, you know, with their players and their practice time and their potential, you know, game schedules. And then also how it's impacted them on the recruiting front. And, you know, if they think that, uh, you know, things are going to go back to normal or if, you know, we're going to see a more digital approach to recruiting in the future. But first, let's touch on a little bit of the NBA bubble. Uh, The season resumes this week. Uh, The official season resumes this week. They've been in Orlando uh, playing, you know, some exhibition warm-up style games. Um, But it seems like the NBA has gotten it right with – in terms of the bubble and in terms of how they're going to restart the most recent numbers that have come out um, in the round of testing, the latest round of testing 344 people were tested with zero positives, Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, You and I were both skeptical when it came to whether they were going to be able to start and finish it, you know, um, without having a huge stoppage uh, because of an outbreak. And I, I think the biggest thing that they've, uh, the biggest issue they're facing, I mean, really is whether, you know, Lou Williams left the bubble and, you know, went to a gentleman's club to eat some chicken wings or went to a gentleman's club to do some gentlemanly activities. Um, Ronnie, yeah, are you, I mean, are you, yeah. Are you impressed with the NBA's approach here? Yeah, I think uh, it's very interesting how we're covering this because, and, and not just us, when I say us, I mean, the media in general is uh, we know the, political climate of the country and the NBA is to answer your question. The NBA is doing seems so far like a really great job because again, it's a controlled environment. Um, They're all together in a similar locale and what's very different than baseballs. They're all playing the games like in one location, right? Baseball's trying to travel, jump on planes and, and you know, that type of thing. And we see, we see that that hasn't happened are gone off very well so far, but yeah, because it's controlled, I think they're doing a really good job. Obviously they're spending a lot of money. Uh, seems like, you know, other media members are kind of detailing the protocols and what's going on. Even a guy who's come out on our podcast before Mark Spears kind of chronicling what's like the steps they have to take, you know? Yeah. So it seems like all the detailed that they're keeping it up. But again, of course, you know, the players want, you know, I'm sure they want to. I'm sure some of them are like, "Man, this is going to be a long few months," you know. But they're they're doing it, and then it's funny, like you mentioned the Lou Williams things, and of course we joke about that. And you know, Lou Williams uh, was a great player at South Gwinnett High School who went straight to the NBA, and he's from that that you know Atlanta region, and and it's funny because of all the things that's going wrong, like you said, if the NBA, if the if the their main problem is whether Lou Williams, you know, went to a funeral and went to get some chicken wings, and that means they're doing a pretty good job. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? That's their biggest problem. Right. Because of all the problems. But the funny thing is, of all the things that's going on, like 
all the issues, the things they're trying to portray it, using basketball as a platform. Like, I'm sure who Williams going to strip club is not really what they thought was going to be at the forefront. Like, they're trying to get a message across of, you know, say her name, yeah. uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and other other things that they want to the forefront. And what is the media talking about? Lou Williams going to the strip club. So, like, here's the thing, though, about that whole strip club thing and the chicken wings, like, Someone, I forget who it was, but they they did a story. I think it was someone from the Athletic. They did a story uh, on it, and they went to Magic City sure. and got chicken wings and took a picture of the chicken wings and, and posted it. And those things look good. I'm not, I'm a vegetarian these days, yeah. but yeah, I will say those chicken wings look really good. So I, I yeah. believe Lou Williams went there to get some chicken wings. But again, yeah. Yeah. he probably could have sent someone out to get them for him, or um, uh, you know, had them delivered because I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Lou Williams, you know, he's from South Korea. He's from that area. Like people yeah. know from that area. I'm sure they yeah. could have made uh, some efforts to get him some food, you know, without him having to go. But again, you know, I mean, here, here's my thing as a former, um, I guess you could say as a former uh, frequenter of the strip club scene or gentlemen's club. Yeah. Scene, I mean, I might, I might make a stop. I might make yeah. a stop. <laughs> For sure. You know me, I, I don't mind going into strip clubs and, 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 most of them, believe it or not, people didn't lie. Maybe a lot of America didn't know. Like, they have decent food. And, yeah, some, you know, yeah. Some of them have pretty good eat, food. I wouldn't eat at a strip club in, in Southern California. But, yeah. I mean, I think in different areas of the country, a uh, gentleman's club is is kind of more advanced than what yeah. we have here. Oh, yeah. It's a go-to place, you know, for, you know, to keep your n- activities going. Let's say uh, you went to a dinner or you went to a nightclub or something and you're just like, hey, we're not ready to call it a night yet. Yeah. You know, kind of where, you know, you know how it is, Devin, you, you wear off your, uh, your, you know, you don't want to be driving and, and things like that, uh, under the influence. So you like, Hey, let's wear it off. Let's start drinking some water, get something to eat. That's a lot of people do that. You know, it's, um, like you said, in other parts of the country, it's, it's more well-versed people here in, 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 in Southern California, the nightlife is not that late no, and it's yeah, not that good you know that it's because the driving everybody's sure nowadays you you know the driving you got to drive everywhere in southern california and it's it's uh people have done a good job i i mean we're getting a little off tra- track here but we started talking about nba yeah. bubble and now we're divulged we've divulged into uh uh transit to gentlemen's clubs across the country <laughs> yeah well i just think that there's a lot less instances of uh people driving under the influence in california than there was let's say 20 30 years ago you know it, it's because sure. of uber because of a the nightlife is just not that built that way you know what i mean it's still yeah. out there but we've done a good job in that regard and we'll see what happens going forward but you know it's funny we're talking about uh, the ever-changing atmosphere for college coaches for kids you know, uh, wanted to give this update. We're always keeping track of stuff nationally. Is the Tennessee governor Bill Lee? He he uh, made a decision that all high school sports, including football and girls soccer, have the ability to begin contact. This is the state of Tennessee. Tennessee Activities Association. So again, where various states are at various points. Like we said last in our last pod that a lot of states have delayed the start of fall sports, but not. All the way to 221, just delayed it by a few weeks. We now know Nevada has a a January schedule. 
they're going to end similar to where they ended before, Devin. Maybe, you know, uh, late February, which is yeah, I noticed that. where they where, where they kind of were before. They, they always end before CIF. So I kind of mentioned it, uh, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit with our guests or after. Uh, the CIF is being proactive, and they, they announced pretty fast. And because of their dates, they are, they're hoping there's some kind of fan involvement. Yep. The later they have it, the, the more chances there are fans. But right now, it's so far... It doesn't look like another state is following that those dates. Now that we they may have to push back their dates depending on outbreaks and what happens across the country. But right now, so far, the CIF is in essence playing a solo schedule. So like Washington is in the fall still, meaning winter fall. They're gonna have a late December, early January start. We'll see what Oregon does. And if I'm a betting man, the AIA in Arizona doesn't go to a March 12th start. They're not going to push it. They're going to start that far, that far, you know? So it's kind of like coach Rebebo from Harvard West. They said last week, 28 games with just playing California teams and no traveling or not much traveling because everybody's done. It's, it's, that's a lot. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. What you're going to see is what, what you're going to see based on, you know, California teams really not going to be able to play out of state teams this year. Yeah. It's either, you know, we're going to see a lot of high level teams play, play low level teams and maybe get some blowouts or some upsets. Yeah. yeah. Or we're going to see uh, those teams just continue to play each other in like a round robin style thing. And then in the playoffs, we'll see, you know, a lot of rematches and a lot of rematches. Yeah. yeah games that already happened earlier in the season, just because that's just, you know, that's just how it's going to have to be probably this year. Yeah. Cause you think uh, of like that Chino Hills team we followed and people are talking about, or you think of, uh, you know, Bishop O'Dowd and a few other teams that have been champions, Sierra Canyon, they play at least what Devin seven, eight games out of state, whether they leave the state or whether they play a opponent at Tark or so you take away those seven or eight pretty good opponents. Now you're like you said, you're playing a team you're most likely going to beat. Right? Who do you replace? Yeah, Sierra Canyon playing Minnehaha. Duncanville. Yeah, Duncan. Who do you, who do you replace with that? You replace it with yeah. Uh, not to be like an asshole, but like Granada Hills or like Chatsworth or, yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, it's a different but feel. It's just going to, that, that's the way that it's going to have to be. Uh, right. Before we welcome on our first guest, Issa Silva from uh, Jesuit high school in Carmichael, California. Um, he just texted me. He's going to be on it about in about five minutes. Uh, yeah. Baseball. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, Major League Baseball decided to kind of push forward with the regular, you know, travel, play in uh, a, a home team's home city's ballpark. Uh, no fans. Obviously, that's kind of the, the running theme across all uh, professional sports that have gotten back so far. But the Miami Marlins uh, are facing an outbreak. Uh, 17 members within their organization, I believe, now have tested positive for coronavirus over the last few days. And Major League Baseball has canceled their games through Sunday, August second. Um, I mean, you have to you have to think like there's there was no chance with all the travel between you know states, states and, cities, and staying in hotels that baseball was going to get out of this thing unscathed. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, again, you don't know where they've been. Right, They're obviously have been around each other, but again. I'm sure I'm hearing too, Devin. You can correct me if I'm wrong. That other teams don't have an outbreak. 
So it's caught somebody or something. Some one person did cause the outbreak amongst his team. It sounds like sure because other teams are not outbreaking create like crazy, and obviously they didn't get to the game. So they were able to play one game. That's what's amazing is they played one game where people on the team knew they had the virus or tested positive. Yeah, yeah. They decided in a group text that they're gonna they're gonna play despite you know having positive tests. Um, so I would assume the. The, uh, you know, medical field or I'm, I'm not maybe I'm saying the wrong word that they should take some something from that. Nobody. I wonder if anybody on the team they played. Is it the Phillies? No. Yeah. They did not. Nobody's tested positive yet. So how much that, interaction did they yeah, have? Yeah, no, for sure. That That's an interesting point. I'm, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be interesting to, to track that and see if, uh, you know, if zero players from the Phillies who, like you said, played. The Marlins, who had confirmed outbreaks during, like confirmed cases during that game. Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, if they didn't didn't pass it, that's. I mean, that's. I guess that's good news, right? Yeah, that's news to at least take and say, okay, how did yeah. this work? How did the Marlins get this outbreak? You know, again, we're trying to figure out how it's spreading. We know it's spreading, but how? You know, and it's. Yeah, you know, I heard. I heard they're calling in a, a, a special doctor, Doctor Dinos Tragonis, to. <laughs> Really take a look at the look hard at, numbers and the data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we, we joke and it's just, we just don't know. You know what I mean? We, everybody has their theories. Yeah. You know, some people think a vaccine is going to be here, um, you know, by October. Other people are like, no way. It's going to be till too late, 221. Yeah. And, and the things we're talking about, about Tennessee and about Florida and about California, CIF and, and Nevada, all that is contingent. On that there's not a shitload of outbreaks. Yeah, for sure. We're assuming that this, we're, we're, we're getting more of a hold on it every month. You Hopefully. Know. I mean, in, in Orange County, where I live, um, yeah. kind of taken the wrong, gone the wrong way with, you know, the social distancing and masks and stuff. Have you seen those, those videos of those two, uh, those two surfer dudes who go around and are trying to solve the mask problems in, in <laughs> cities? Have you seen those? Yeah, I've seen a little those, bit of those. Those are hilarious. And the, I mean, they're hilarious because, um, those guys are funny. It's not hilarious yeah. because people actually think that way. Yeah. And you know, and a lot of people in coastal orange County are like that. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, luckily for me, Ronnie, I keep my distance from everybody. And anyone comes yeah. close to me, man, I got I got a mask, put it over my damn face. And uh, it doesn't happen very often because I don't really go anywhere. But, um, yeah, it's good to see that the NBA, even NHL and Major League Soccer, uh, I think they've done they, – you know, their their test results have, have come back in, a, uh, in low positives. I think maybe even 0% positives across the board for those sports. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see what comes of – the Marlin situation and, and how long, you know, they're off the field and how long uh, they're not playing. Yeah. Especially since it's only a 60 game season. Yeah. You know, it, 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 you know, they already missing five games or whatever it is. It's, it's just going to be difficult. How you make them up, you play double headers. I mean, what, you know, do you just ax those games and then you have an uneven amount of games for them compared to other teams, you know, it's, right. It's, it's, it's not, it's not an easy solution. And let's hope that, it keeps that way, you know, and again, if, you know, we, we look at sports as something that kind of uh, people look forward to. So hopefully, you know, we don't blow this collectively Yeah, and, and I, we get it some, we get something done here and there's some positive that comes out of it. That's the whole yeah. point is supposed to be positive coming out of it. 
because there's so much misinformation. You know, we're hope to get our guests and our college coaches to give us some good background because there's so much. Well, these coaches, uh, you know, you hear Devin, uh, the coaches are not going to be able to see no player. Um, they, you know, how are they going to recruit 2221? Now you have the prep school push I hearing online. Well, prep school is definitely the way to go because you're an isolated group. There's not a lot of other students. You'll be safer. You knew that was coming. Oh, you know? for sure. You know, because they're going to push that agenda because it's in many ways it's true. There's not 1,500 students on campus with the kids. So, hey, sure. we're going to play in controlled bubbles. You know, so it, it everybody has their own take on how the future may be. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's, it's just one of those things where we just don't know yet. Yep. And I think our first guest just popped in, uh, Issa Silva, point guard at Jesuit High School and uh, University of Stanford, or Stanford University commit. Issa, do we have you? Yes, sir. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for asking. Doing well. You know, same old here. So, uh, CIF... Uh, you know, push the calendar back, and it, you potentially may not start your senior season, Isa, until uh, March twelfth. What was your What was your initial thought when you saw that news? Um, you know, at first I was kind of just thrown off by uh, you know the whole the whole new schedule and the proposal for um, how we're going to play with everything that's going on. But you know, at the end, just thought about it as more time to develop, more time to stay in the gym with um you know trainers and runs and you know things of that sort and just get as ready as I can for college and you know still having a season so I was just grateful and you know looking forward to getting to play in an actual game again yeah you you mentioned you know working out with trainers or going to open runs and things of that nature uh your club program Compton Magic you guys haven't played in in any events this this spring and summer am I right yeah none none, none so far so what have you been doing uh, individually or you know, with trainers, things like that, that have, you know, keeping yourself sharp? Um, it's just been, I've been able to like establish a, a, you know, a good like weekly routine where it's been pretty consistent. So um, Mondays I don't have weights and then Tuesday through Friday, it's either uh, weights or a, a pool workout, um, conditioning workouts. And then usually like a group basketball workout, in midday and then it's just me and my trainer towards the end of the day so you know it's been really good to work like six really hard days and having an off day um, I think that consistent routine kind of you know builds muscle memory and it's easier to just um, get better you know usually you're like traveling or you're in the gym one day and then you have to fly to Arkansas and you come back for two days so you know it's been it's been good and I had a lot of time to develop get stronger and, you know, work on my game. Um, it's a, have you got any uh, note from your coach or have you guys talked about it all, like with the Sac Joaquin section, when your practice date is going to be, like when you guys can start practicing or has that not been uh, released or, or said yet? Um, I don't think that's, I think it might have been released already, but I don't know if it's like a final final. So gotcha. we haven't had our, uh, a Zoom meeting about everything that's going on yet, but I'm pretty sure we'll have that soon. Yeah. Are you, are you, um, you know, when you first heard the news, are you thinking, okay, we're, if we go to the section playoffs, we do pretty good. Like what do you, what's your thought about playing in June? Like, you know, normally you'd be, 
you know, going to prom, graduation, and then, um, you know, getting ready for college, right? Obviously, you want to be on the court as quickly as possible. What is your initial thought to that? And then secondly, when did Jesuit end school last year? So school usually ends in like May, so um, late, late, mid to late May. Okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's honestly kind of weird. I don't, I think everything's going to adapt to each other is how like different schedules are going to work. So I know usually we'd be, we'd be doing workouts at Stanford, like pretty much in June. So it's going to be interesting, um, seeing like how other states and, um, other counties approach the issue. So I don't know. I think we're all just waiting to see like what's what's going to happen with the vaccine and how how this is going to evolve before that time. Yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of time between now and then, but you're right. It's just like a, every day you got to just kind of stay focused and take it one day at a time. Right. For sure. Do you, uh, as far as club basketball goes, do you do you miss those games at all? Uh, do you miss that environment? Do you miss all the travel, or is it kind of a good time for you to get some rest on your body and just kind of work on your game individually, or is it a little bit of both? Um, I definitely miss it. Like, I'd say like maybe the first two months it was just like okay, I had, like the grind was like the grind always feels good, but at the same time like you know you're getting better, but you want to see it, you know, against people. So I think that, that part hurts the most and not being able to um, compete against others and, you know, establish yourself, I think. Not to others, but just to yourself because, you, sure. you know, you've been putting that time in. So I really miss that. Um, yeah, I miss traveling with, uh, with Thompson because we're all like a, just like a family. So that, that kind of sucks that we weren't able to do that and, you know, other players weren't able to make a name for themselves as well. So that that kind of sucks to know that I had teammates and, um, you know, friends that weren't able to play on their teams. But, you know, just going to make, make the best of situation and um, come out the best basketball player and person I can. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I follow you, your pops, um, on Instagram and all the various social media. And you guys have been pretty active, um, you know, with, with, uh, black lives matter protests and things like that. Um, take us through, you know, kind of why you want to be on the forefront of that and, and, you know, have your voice heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was, it's always going to be an important time to speak out. Um, I just felt a lot of energy turning in our country and I wanted to take part of it because silence is violence. So um, I thought it was important for all the kids and um, athletes to see that that our platforms are supposed to be used to, you know, fight injustice. And, you know, it's, it's bigger than basketball at the end of the day. There's bigger issues and, you know, bigger things in the world that matter more. So I think just using social media and, um, you know, whatever platform you have a following on, using it to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was I was active on, um, you know, creating a statement and then, you know, speaking on other issues, even even having to like call out my school for, you know, a Catholic schools. I think just because of the Christianity and um, all that behind it, sometimes they can kind of dance around saying the Black Lives Matter. So it was 
I mean, just collaborating with other people, other athletes um, who are really outspoken. You know, it was really cool to see these these top recruits, um, you know, fight for Black Lives Matter. It was awesome. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, you're one of the people that kind of have options, meaning if you're a top 50 player, you you know, a college would love for you to would love for you to commit. You have the opportunity to commit. And obviously not everybody can be a top 50 player. Um, what What advice would you have for younger guys? that are either in 221 or 222 and they're trying to, maybe they're not at that level. They're, you know, they're, they're hoping to play D1 and all this is going on. They're not being seen. What would you tell those guys? Um, I would say that, um, the timing, it's going to happen in, in the timing that it's supposed to happen. So don't rush it and, um, don't look at others. That's, I think that's the biggest mistake you can make. For anybody, whether you're, you know, top top thirty trying to make it into the top ten, or whether you're a D two guy trying to make it into the D one, you know, conversation, I think don't comp- don't compare yourself to others in their path because it's all gonna happen um, in in your work's timing. So just just keep your head down. I appreciate the people around you. Be nice to others, and like I think the rest will take care of itself. But that you got to hard work. You got to work hard for all that to happen. Yeah, that yep. makes a lot of sense. Issa, we appreciate your time, man. Please tell your uh, your dad and your family we said hello, um, and uh, hope to see you. You know, back on the court uh, in a live game. Yeah. Think yeah, likewise. I hope to see you guys on the sideline. <laughs> yep. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a nice day. You okay. too. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. When you see uh, Issa, uh, Devin, you know, he says two good points. You know, you can't – if you're not a top 50 guy, you can't always look over your shoulder and compare yourself to either his situation or another guy's. Everybody yeah. going to have a a different path, especially in this time. As you mentioned last week, and we kind of mentioned it on a, on a story on BallsLife.com, you got to be proactive. You got to be uh, – you know, uh, forward, straight forward. You got to take it into your hands a bit more than you might have normally. Uh, again, there's Zoom meetings, there's things like that. But if you're not playing, you're not playing in front of college. Well, it don't matter what, you're not playing in front of a college coach right now, anytime soon. So yeah, you got to come yeah. to the realization of that and what that means. So there can still be positives out of that, but you you got to really dig for them. And yeah, if you yeah, if you haven't read our most recent piece on Ball's Life dot com Ronnie not Ronnie kind of takes the the reins um, and explaining you know exactly what's happening uh, across you know various states and start dates and you know what it, you know what the changes and alterations to the sports calendar mean and then I kind of give you a little bit of a roadmap of um, you know what you can do and how you can approach you know this off time and not being able to get uh, in front of college coaches live but what you can do to you know keep your name um, on their radar, you know, send film, you know, send your transcripts, whatever it may be. And our next guest who's going to join in a few minutes here, uh, from Santa Margarita high school, Jake Blazona, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be a senior this upcoming year and, and a guy whose recruitment, you know, isn't the level of an Issa Silva, but a, a guy who can definitely play somewhere at the college level. Yeah. So and that's his thoughts on, you know, we wanted to get his viewpoint on this and, and how it goes, you know? 
yeah, it's 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 definitely um, you know a good contrast. And like you said, everybody's at a different level, and it would be interesting to see where he was when this all broke out toward the end of the season. You know, late February, early March, when all hell broke loose, and then yeah. you know what's what's he going through now, and what does he expect in the future? Yeah, Blaze, what up, man? What's going on? How you guys doing? Good. How are you? How's it going? Good, thank you. Hey, uh, make sure your pops like stays downstairs or like goes outside. <laughs> we don't, we don't need, we don't need Kev, you know, popping in and and saying something dumb, man. <laughs> He'll probably pop in. I, I can't, I can't hold him back though. I'm gonna be honest. He may pop so, in. As as we mentioned, our, our second guest of the day, Jake Blazona, point guard from Santa Margarita High School. Um, Jake, what has the spring and summer been for you without been like for you without having a, a club or travel event, you know, every weekend basically? Yeah, no, it's been very different, very different, very hectic. Um, you know, AAU was going to be huge for me. You know, uh, I was really looking forward to utilizing AAU, just being able to play, show all the coaches, you know, what I can do and uh, show them what I've been working on. Because, you know, me, I'm not, you know, I'm not a five-star guy. You know, I'm not a Peyton Watson, a Devin Askew, a made man, you know. I gotta, <laughs> AAU was going to be huge for me. Uh, I was going to be able to show yeah. the coaches, you know, show what I what I can do. So, um not having that, it's been tough. Been very tough. So what what have you been doing during this downtime to kind of keep yourself in, sharp and in shape and work on your game? Yeah, no. So uh, me, I keep myself to a strict schedule. You okay. know, having everything be on my own, uh, not be with the team. You know, I really keep myself disciplined. Um, so you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, I'll wake up nine a.m. I'll go. I'll eat. I'll go lift. We got a little weights area. Um, I'll go do some body weight stuff just to keep myself in shape. I'll go back to sleep, wake back up, you know, then I'll go get shots up with my pops in the backyard, go get a quick 500 makes in. And then um, later that night, I'll go play pickup. And, you okay. know, um, that's just what I've been. That's been my schedule. Uh, Tuesday, Thursdays, you know, um, I'll go out 9 a.m. again and I'll go out for a run uh, just to get some cardio. And same thing, I'll go get some more shots up 500 again and I'll go play pickup. You know, it's just been that five days a week. So it's been it's it's been a strict schedule for me. So gotcha. it seems like it seems like you're obviously um, you know making sure your development stays sharp and make, making sure that you're you're still getting better, but um, recruitment wise, do you think like feel like you're taking a hit from not being able to be seen by college coaches? Absolutely. Uh, okay. You know this is the yeah no this is the time where those coaches can come and look at you, watch you in person. Um, so it's definitely been hard, but you know um, ever since the pandemic hit, you know Coach Payne, Russell Payne, and Coach Wolfie Wood, you know they've done a tremendous job getting my name out to these coaches i can't thank them enough for that super grateful to have them in my corner um but you know i've just been really doing my best to try to get them as much these coaches as much film as possible when they can't see you you know you got to do something to get around that so i've been sending them film on film on film just so they could get an idea of the way i play and just the type of player i am how did you go about doing that like what what schools did you target how did you target them and like what was your process in, in that yeah, no. So uh, the majority, so the colleges, you know, that I've been reaching out, I've just, I've just really just text, phone calls, emails, Zoom calls, everything like that. Like you name it, I've probably done it with them. Um, okay. But these, co- these big time, these coaches and these colleges, you know, it's really just you got to stay on top of everything. You know, you got to really make an effort to reach out to them and constantly stay in contact with them. Now, now because you can't meet them face to face, just really been trying to keep the relationship through the phone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake, talk a little bit about the end of the season and where you were, like, in your recruitment. Were you kind of 
uh, on target where you wanted to be, or do you just feel shit? I'm not going to really have to pick it up this spring and summer, and and you know obviously that's changed. But where where were you then, and you know what's your confidence level right now? And then how you know how confident are you going to be once things pick back up in hopefully early 2021? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. At the end of the season, I was like, shit. I got you know I got to get going. You know I got to get things moving. Yeah. Um, and just right as I joined LA, LA Elite, literally my recruitment picked up instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I didn't let that get to my head. Um, you know, I still realize I got a lot of work to do. And so now hopefully these summer games can get back because, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to get back and I just want to play. I want to show the coaches. I want to show everybody, you know, how much work I've put in in this, you know, this whole pandemic process. And I, I just want to show them what I can do. Uh. Jake, you mentioned you, you want to get back on the court. And mm-hmm. as you know, the Southern section has altered its its uh, calendar oh, here. Yeah. You may not start your senior season until March 12th. And that's uh, that's based on everything going well with, you know, the pandemic, like you said, and not having, yeah. you know, continued outbreaks. Um, what was your initial thought when you're like, dang, I'm going to start my season March 12th, and then we're going to go all the way through, through June? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it definitely filled me with some uncertainty um mm-hmm. doubt in my head like and that's just like best case scenario we start in march and you know it's so surreal for me because we saw it you know with the spring sports last year it's very real that these seasons could get shut down mm-hmm. um you know everything can change in in one day a week like you can't like look at it like so far ahead so uh it was just it was crazy to me to see that we're going to have a season in March um, filled me with a good feeling though, to know that, you know, at least we're going to play, you know, at least there's a thought that we're going to have a season because I know everybody just wants to get back. Everybody wants to play, you know, regardless of the sport, everybody just wants to suit up and just get going. So I was filled with some uncertainty and I'm I'm a little scared, but you know, I'm just glad that, you know, we have this, we have a date in mind. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you know how you're, you're saying you're, you're getting up your shots, you're working, and, you know, if you were playing every weekend with LA Elite, do you feel like this has given you any opportunity to say, you know what, this is what I'm not good at? Or like if somebody say, you know what, I'm not very good in this part of my game. I need to improve. What what have self-evaluation or what has somebody told you to been like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe you wouldn't have seen that if you were playing all the time. Yeah, no, just the whole this whole pandemic, you know, it forces you to forces you to do a lot of self-reflection. Um, and you know, from my coaches, from, uh, coach Wolfie Wood, coach Justin Bell, my dad, you know, who's my biggest critic, um, <laughs> you know, he, it's just been a jump shot, my jump shot, you know, that's gotta be a tool for me. That's gotta be something that I work on. Not only that, just being in attack mode, being in an offensive mindset, being, always being a threat, you know, something that I didn't really, I didn't really see because when you're playing, you're not really thinking of thinking of those things you're just playing you're going but now that i've had time to go back watch film study myself and not really worry about playing but just developing and growing i've been able just to work on those things working on my jump shot and just going to play pickup you know it gives me it gives you a great opportunity to work on the things that you need to work on and you know just having that chance to go play it allows me just to always go and you know think offense you know go be in a position to score at all times. So it's just, it's been a great opportunity for me just to take a step back to look at what I need to work on and just be able to go and not have any disruptions and just go and just work. Yeah. Jake, Ryan and I both obviously have seen you play a lot Mm -hmm. and I'm honest with you about what, you know, you need to do as far as what I see from my eye and what you need to improve on. And obviously it's always been the jump shot because defensively, 
you're solid. Uh, you communicate well on that end of the floor, offensive uh, point guard wise. You have, you know, the ball screen ability. You have the ball handling, the decision making, the high IQ stuff, um, everything that people look for in a point guard. But again, you're how tall are you now? We we up to you up to six foot yet? We hit the six. I foot would point? say I would say six, but you know, okay. <laughs> I would say six. Um, okay, but I'm probably five eleven though. Okay, so, yeah, so at five eleven. Um, you know, a point guard of your stature and ability needs that jump shot. So it's good to hear that that you're working on on that part of your game. Um, as far as a, a, the team goes, you know, you're you're the leader of that Santa Margarita squad, obviously. Yeah. How have you been interacting with your teammates during this time? Have you been able to to uh, you know meet up with them and get some shots up, or has it been mostly digital? Yeah, no. Uh, a lot of the a lot of our team we live close together. Um, okay. You know, I was able to get a you know i was able to see them for a week and a half you know we had a week and a half of practice and weights at sm which was awesome and then just like that everything got shut down yeah so it was you know it was great to see them for that week and a half to see them the coaches and everybody but you know i've really been trying to get them out to the outdoor courts you know really just get them and to see them personally um and you know it's not always on the court too just you know we'll go down to the beach just to hang out um you know go and just see each other go out get something to eat you know um but I've just really been trying just to see them more and just to get face to face with them as much as I can, because that's just, that's super key for me just to build that trust and just, you know, build a relationship with them, which is super important. Got you. Mm -hmm. Got you. So your, yeah, your, your pops ran track at UCLA. Am I right? Yes, he did. He ran track at UCLA. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, what parts of what parts of his uh, former athletic ability did, did you get, man? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I got a decent amount. I got the I okay. got the athletics from pops, and I got the I got the brains from mom. I okay. got the yeah. education from mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know that it's you know I got the best of both worlds from both of them. So it, it was cool. Ronnie, hop in. You're yeah. yeah, you know, Jake. Uh, I don't want to uh, try to uh, bust you, uh, but I want to ask you a serious question, kind of or something that that would you know be beneficial is you like you said you have good coaches and then coach bell being a former college coach mm -hmm. as he told you um what would he be recruiting or looking for if he couldn't watch a player like in person like in other words if he was a college coach what would he be doing right now to look yeah. at players or trying to get players has he has he mentioned that to any of you guys or or to the team yeah no absolutely coach bell you know being that former d1 coach he keeps thinking he you know, he's very clear with us, you know, and um, he tells us, like, this is what it takes to be a Division One athlete. And he's like, you got to you got to go even when you don't want to work out. He was like, you got to go. You got to go do it. You got to push through those those tough days. And um, he's just been telling us the more you continue to work, the more hours you put in, the better chance you have of making it to that next level. But, you know, he's very clear with us, especially I got to I I was able to witness it last year during practice. You know, he's yeah. very straightforward with me. He tells me all the time, you know, there's a thousand of you, Jake. There's a thousand, you know, 5'11 point guards. What are you going to do to, you know, uh, separate yourself from them? You know, he's just very straightforward with me. He's very straightforward with every guy on the team about what it takes to get to that next level. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jake, uh, last thing for you. Um, as as a, like a non-five-star guy, because like out of – you know, the thousands and thousands of high school basketball players across the country, like 2% are five stars, four yeah. stars, right? Crazy. What, right, exactly. What what advice would you give to not only someone, you know, your age or peer group, but um, someone else who's younger or even, a, you know, an up-and-coming, you know, 
guy coming into high school, what are the most important things to focus on uh, when you get to high school to try and get recruited at any college level? I would say the the two big things that I've learned is first, don't worry about anybody else. You know, don't worry about anybody else's recruitment. Just focus on you, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, it's about you. Don't worry about comparing yourself to the other guys, those five-star guys, because they're in a different league. You know, just focus on yourself and, you know, just keep your head down and work. The second thing is try to play as much as possible. You know, you want to get on the court, especially with all those college coaches watching, you want to be on the court. Regardless of what team you're on, you know, you don't want to go play on that top EYBL team if you're going to sit on the bench. You know, and coming into high school, I would just say keep your head down at work and try to play as much as possible. Put yourself in a position where you're going to be seen and you're going to play and you're going to be able to show people what you can showcase. That's the two biggest things I would tell any upcoming high, uh, upcoming athlete, somebody entering high school, just, you know, just the work and, you know, just the play. Got it, got it. Hey, you eating eating regular food yet? Are you still eating like rabbit food? What's the deal? <laughs> Dev, you know me. I've just been. No. Take I've a been step what, No, here, here's the thing. Jake has his crazy like as far as, like he, he talks about his his regimen as a as a player in workouts. His yeah. food regimen is even crazier. Jake, take <laughs> us through. Give us give us your day your your regular daily <laughs> meal plan. Come on. My, it you know it shifts. Um, but you know you will never catch me at an In and Out, a Chick Fil A, a Taco Bell. You'll never catch me at that late night. I'll never be out hitting those. Um, you know I don't eat. You know I don't eat candy, no soda, um, no fast food, nothing like that. Um, wow. It's just because you know that's something I decided to sacrifice, give up, and you know it really helps you. You know, you don't really understand it till you give it up and um, it goes away. But, you know, just the benefits I've seen on my body, I've been able to stay healthy for so long. And, you know, I know it's going to help me in the future. But, you know, I'll I'll go eat, um, you know, as clean as you can eat. And my mom, too, she's, you know, she, she eats clean as well. So it's very easy to um, eat clean when you have somebody else in the family doing it with you. But, yeah, no, you'll never catch me at a Chick-fil-A or an In-N-Out late night or something like that. <laughs> what about – what about your pops? What, what do we got with him? Oh, him and my brother are polar opposites. <laughs> polar opposites. <laughs> you can you can ask him. You can ask my brother. You know, um, they're the guys. You know, they'll be hitting in and out uh, post game. You know, they'll be at the drive through. But me and my mom, you know, we're we're on one end of the spectrum. They're on the other. So we will we will not catch Jake Blazona at Magic City with Lou Williams. Is what you're trying to say. <laughs> You will not catch you at Mag- Magic City eating chicken wings with Lou Will. That will not be happening. <laughs> oh, All right, Jake, man, we appreciate the time, bud. Thank you guys Thank for having you. me on. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. Later, man. As Later. you see, Devin Jake has a lot of good insight. I mean, yeah. what he's saying, you know, I, 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 our coach Bell at Santa Margarita came down from the college level, and I was at one of their early games, Devin, and he was. They weren't playing very well, and. He let him have it. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, he really let him have it. It was good to see. It was, it was an early game. You know, one of those games, I think, at Torrey Pines was early. And, you know, like, the season just getting started. You know how it is sometimes with those 10 a.m. Or, or 11 a.m. games. Sometimes you just don't come out good. You know what I mean? And <laughs> Like, so they're, they're accountable. Um, it's very interesting what he, what he mentioned about the self-reflection. And I think that's one thing a lot of players have to do. You know, we, we – uh, we we kind of touched that a lot a little bit prior, and we touched a little bit on that on our uh, story that we did regarding that, and we'll we'll go over that if we have time between between guests here. We'll go over that a little bit more in depth, but uh, 
you know, he he mentioned some great some great points in in just being proactive and and also you know being being honest with yourself. And then if you you know if you're taking care of your body that to that level, yeah, that helps out. You know, he's <laughs> yeah, Todd Marinovich uh, level. You know, oh dude, don't 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 put Blaze and Todd Marinovich in yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if uh, if Kevin Blazona is on the same level as Marv Marinovich. I, I hope yeah. not. But uh, yeah. It was interesting. The, the most interesting part of what Jake said to me was, you know, he, he didn't tune into the Issa interview right before his. And yeah. him, Issa, Issa being obviously a, a guy going to Stanford yeah. and a top 50 recruit, both of their first things to to not do is pay attention to what others' recruitment look like. Yeah. And that's and our job, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I think that's, you know, coming from a guy who will probably end up at the, the NAIA or D3 level in Blazona yeah. to a guy who's going to Stanford like Silva, you know, saying the same exact thing. It just shows that uh, no matter what level you, you're planning to go to or what level you're being recruited at, it's, it's the same process. Yeah. It's the same process. You know, Issa just doesn't happen to be, I mean, um, um, Jake just doesn't happen to be 6'3", six, 6'4", six, like Silva, right? Like yeah. if Blazona was 6'3", or 6'4", we're talking him as a D1 caliber point guard. Sure. So yeah, it, that, that, was, that was interesting. Yeah, like like Coach Bell's right. You know, you five eleven guard, any five eleven guard that plays after high school is pretty damn good. And For I sure. think that's his point that he was trying to make. There's a lot of them like Jake and other guys that to that level. You know, yeah. what separates yeah. you is going to be, you know, very work, minuscule work ethic. Yep. It's going to be very minuscule. You know, where do they see you? Where do they have a chance to? Did you reach out to them? It's it's very, uh, very, very different. Like you said, Issa Silva's has a big body, six three, six four. That's a big. It's a it's a big, big difference. Um, you know, we we talk a little bit about him and and he talking about his workout regimen. Talk a little bit about. What we kind of mentioned, you know, here's what we think is going to happen, Devin. You know, it's we think things were going to change. That's the first my point. Like, you got to be ready. Things can change at any time. Even Jake mentioned it. They're working out at, at SM. Boom. They got shut down. Right. Yeah. So if you have a shitty attitude or you're like, man, this is bold. You know, 220 didn't go through this. My brother didn't have to go through this. Screw this. You're already going to be loot behind the eight ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to keep a good attitude uh, in all this, you know, because it's going to change again. You know, you got to be able to say, hey, coach is going to tell you, you know what, guys, our practice time is being cut. You know what? Volleyball has the gym today. There's going to be a lot of things that come up. You know what? Your parents can't come to this game. Your friends. If you don't adjust and get ready for that, this season is going to be bad for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that's number one. Uh, the second thing, and then again, we're talking with our, we'll, we'll get some confirmation, hopefully from some of our, our guests, um, from the college level is that, you know, they're, they're for class of 221, they're behind a bit. Let, let's just be honest with it. It's just to be honest with yourself. Uh, they've already missed spring, whatever the section seven or June could have been, that ain't going to be on the table. They have no, no July. Yep. And, uh, you know. Will we get to some fall events live, Devin? I don't look no, like no. it because, again, yeah. you're looking at a college. Are they going to send their 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 
their staff to events, you know, and, and there's no, there's no, uh, they're not on campus themselves or no, yeah. God forbid they, they, you know, again, like you said, with the, with the Phillies and Marlins situation, how about if they bring coronavirus to another locale? So I'm saying like, they're, they're struggling to get practice time and, and find a, yeah. a good start date. Like if there's going to be fall live period events, college coaches or college programs aren't going to subject their coaches to potentially yeah. uh, contracting the virus and bringing it back to their team and it's, then jeopardizing their season. It's not yeah, going to it's Yeah. It's, it's, there's too much liability at stake, whether it's legal liability or whether it's just the liability of screwing everything up that we're trying yeah. to, to, to fix here. So, you know, now we're looking at, next year for these guys. So be aware of that. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to get evaluated this summer and fall. So what does that mean? You know, you got to be ready for what that means is going to be a new normal. Again, we'll, we'll see what college recruiting looks like in the future. And hopefully uh, our guests can kind of uh, shed some light on what they're thinking as college coaches. And then obviously whatever happens, we'll, we'll bring it to you on our, on our podcast or on, ballslife.com like what's the future going to look like it's going to be different dev so uh you know campus experience are you going to have the same campus experience as your older uh friends or older brothers or relatives maybe not you know yeah um is your education going to be any similar to them are you going to be doing half your college career online maybe they're going to force you to do some classes online some classes in campus who knows it's going to be something new so based on those three points, Devin, why don't you kind of go over what you felt was most important to prepare for what we have and what we're going to have? Yeah, I think uh, Blazona nailed it on the head as far as what I what I suggest you know kids do is uh, uh, reach out, you know, take a proactive approach to your own recruitment and reach out to as many college coaches as possible. Um, I, I think it starts um, pretty easily with, you know, searching, you know, on Google or whatever it may be, uh, in your local region of schools that, you know, you're interested in schools you think you might be able to play at. Um, I think it's important to have that time of self-reflection and really understand what level you're you know, capable of playing at. And then, uh, gather those email addresses, um, reach out to those schools. Hopefully your club programs are, are connecting with schools on your behalf. Um, you know, talk to your high school coaches, talk to your club coaches, get the film, get those links, um, you know, and then send out those emails and just kind of, uh, don't be afraid to be annoying, honestly, because yeah. you never know, you know, which school is going to be like, damn, we need, you know, a point guard like this. We need a true point guard. You know, Blazon is going to be a program guy. We, we want this guy. Um, not just know. that we want a guy that's smart enough to reach out to us one and yeah. two, he doesn't give up. It's kind of like a guy, you know, in practice or running, uh, suicides. If this guy is, keeps reaching out to us, like you said, almost to the point of being annoyed, then he must really want this. He must really want to play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and again, it's like, what's the worst the school can say? They're, they're, yeah. they, they don't respond or they say, no, you know, we, are, we already have, you know, the three point in this class. We already have our guys. Yeah. So what? That's no big deal. Like yeah. move on to the next program. Just keep, yeah. keep pushing that. Uh, and I think the most important aspect of that, that we haven't mentioned yet is make sure on those emails that you're sending, that all your information is there and all your information is accurate. And, you know, you're spell checking and, and, you know, yeah. putting together a, a well-versed email, you know, include your full name, include your height, your weight, your position, 
uh, your high school, obviously your club team, uh, you know, contact numbers for your, your high school coach or club coach. Um, I, I think the most important thing that a lot of kids don't, uh, include in those emails is the number of the uniform that you're wearing in yeah. the form you're sending. That's important. Don't forget that. Yeah. Because uh, most of the schools that, you know, say, you know, Jake Lozona puts a, together a, a film package in the email and sends it to, yeah. uh, Whitman college, right. Up in, in Washington. Women college, you know, likely might not know who Jake Lozana is and needs to know what number he's wearing. And that's kind of the most important little piece there. Um, and our, our third guest is about to join, so let me admit this gentleman in here, and, and we'll get rolling on the college side of things. Uh, our Great. third guest is associate head coach at UC Irvine, uh, Ryan Battertelli. Ryan, do we have you? There he is. What's up, man? Dude, hey. Ryan, how's it going, going, sir? Looking trim. Looking, looking trim. What's up, Ronnie? How are I'm you? Doing good. Shoot, I... good. It's good to see you guys. Hey, uh, uh, it was weird saying that associate head coach line. I usually call you an assistant head coach, but now, now you're big time. Uh, you're looking good. How's everything at home? Well, first of all, you know better than <laughs> that. Um, there's no, there's no big time here. You can call me whatever you want. Um, we're doing great. I mean, we're, we're doing great. I mean, you know, everything considering, I mean, you know, we have our health, um, family's doing well and unique opportunity to spend time with family. And, um, and so that's been good. And so trying to find the silver lining behind a lot of this is, is what we're focused on and, um, you know, building closer relationship with our players on a different level and our staff, I think is part of it too. So, uh, just again, trying to find your creative ways to continue to grow. Yeah, that kind of leads me to our first question, Ryan, is what are those creative ways that your staff has approached, you know, not being able to be on the court physically for the most part uh, during the last four months with your players? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think one, the message we've had for one another is we've, we've pushed each other in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we've been able to reflect appropriately on, on our last season and um, go back and, 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 you know, really analyze what we did and, and the things that we can maybe improve on. Uh, not only with our team, but one another. Um, our staff dynamics have changed a little bit. Uh, we have a couple younger guys on our staff that evolving, and so um, you know, for me personally, I continue to you know, hopefully be good mentors for them and and be able to push them in ways that that maybe they don't you know realize that they need to be pushed. And and same thing for me. I mean, I've asked for that feedback as well from you know, Coach Turner and, and from the other guys on our staff as well, and also from our players. And so, um, you know, really finding ways to do that is, has been a part of our routine. And, you know, we've met regularly and talked about different of our program that now that we have, at least we've had a little bit of extended period of time, what are some big picture components of our program that we can, you know, build on, um, you know, whether it's, you know, fundraising type stuff or things with our facilities or, or things in general that our players can benefit from. And so we've challenged each other to, to be creative about the things that, that we need to look at big picture as well. Um, you know, because I think you get caught up in the day-to-day things and, and maybe that distracts you a little bit because there's only so much we can really control right now. And so focusing on, on some of those things that are maybe a little bit big picture or, or some, some of the ways that we've kept ourselves motivated. Right. And go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. You know, um, Coach, you're talking about the motivation. You're talking about, you know, getting ready for, you know, recruiting that next season. Obviously, you you heard about the CIF calendar of, you know, practice March 1st and games of March 12th. Now, for your guys' level in your conference, what have you guys heard so far, if anything, like when you guys can gather, when you could even get in a building, when you can practice, anything of that nature? 
Yeah, as far as the conference goes, and we haven't heard anything from the conference. I mean, yeah. you know, we do understand that the fall sports is you know takes the precedence right now, and and that you know once you know once they determine you know some protocol as far as the fall sports, I think they'll be able to address you know the winter sports, and that's obviously where we fall. And we've been patient about it, and I think realistic at the same time, um, you know. And so, you know, again, making sure that we're transparent and communicative to our players um, and their families, I think, is the most important thing. Um, you know, so we haven't heard anything really concrete as far as what to expect for our season. Um, but until we we know otherwise, we're gonna you know continue to move forward as if we're playing a full season. And um, you know, and even though you know right now we're not able to be in the gym with our players and work with them, you know, we do need to challenge our players to be thinking in those terms as well is being ready for that when when we do have the opportunity to get back together you know they know what the expectation are um you know we have you know we have seven you know we had seven true freshmen last year and so a year of experience for them they have a better understanding of what to expect when we when we step in the gym so i think they're appropriately urgent right now um it's obviously always going to be a little bit different when a coach is in the gym with you um but i do think that they've created routines for themselves and we challenge them to do so so that they are ready when we do have the opportunity to get together. And so we focus less on maybe getting frustrated with the lack of opportunity, but but focusing on, okay, well, here are here are the parameters that we have and let's make sure we focus on those things and 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 be ready when we do have the opportunity to get back together. Ryan, obviously um, UC Irvine is, you know, a top tier program in your respective conference. Um, you know, one a well recognized program in California, the West Coast. Um, but a recruit from a recruiting standpoint, you don't resonate like a blue blood. You know what I'm saying? So you guys do a lot of work with your feet on the ground, uh, being seen at events, uh, being on the side and making sure guys know that, um, you're interested in them and, and once you want them to come and play for your program, but you haven't had any opportunities to be on in the gym, on the sideline, watching players live, uh, over the last you know four months as you normally would. What have you been doing recruiting wise? Uh, that's been different. Um, and to try and, you know, make sure you keep your, your targets, um, um, know that you're interested in them. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you know, you, know, you, you miss the April recruiting period and the July recruiting period. I mean, April in particular is a really good opportunity to get ahead of, you know, the, the upcoming class, like the 2021 class. And obviously not having that opportunity, um, you know, is, is a little bit frustrating and then, and not being able to do that in July as well is, is frustrating, but at the same time, you know, you're able to build relationships, um, you know, in different ways. And I think recruiting is as much of relationships as anything. And now that we've established ourselves, um, you know, in our conference and have been here for 10 years now, there's a lot of people on the periphery, um, that really understand our program, understand who we are, what we look for, that have done a great job of really connecting us with the right recruits. And so that's been extremely helpful, whether it's high school coaches or AAU coaches or people like you that have said, hey, I've, I've seen this person, you know, whether it's on film or in person, and being able to say, hey, this person really fits you, this recruit fits you because of X, Y, and Z. Um, there's a number of people that know our program and people that we really trust that we've been able to, you know, gravitate towards, you know, those particular players and really build relationships. And so, um, you know, we it's hard, I think, in some ways to not be maybe as aggressive because in, in recruiting, you want to be able to talk about tangible things that you've been able to see, especially in person. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm pretty transparent and candid with recruits, and I like to tell them, you know, exactly what I see, the good and the bad. And so not being able to have some of those conversations has, you know, has maybe watered the conversation down a little bit. But I'm honest about it. And I say I can't wait to see you when we have the opportunity to see you play. 
And, um, and so building those relationships, I think, um, organically is important and building relationship with their families, I think is, is really important as well. So again, I mean, you know, we're not able to be out there and see them, but there's ways that we can build relationships with them to, you know, really show them what our program's about, whether it's through zoom calls or, or sending them information, um, and just being creative about different ways to attack the recruiting, you know, landscape, I think is really important. And I think, you know, to be honest with you too, it's all about, you know, your program and where it's at. Like for us, like I said before, we had seven true freshmen last year. We have five incoming freshmen. So we have 12 of our 15 players on our team that are underclassmen, not having a spring and a summer with them. Like for us, it's so important to fit players into what we have in our program. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we've been able to have, have continued success is we've found, we've found really good pieces that complement each other. And so for us, not knowing what we have on our team, you know, makes it so we have to really be careful about how we recruit. And so to be honest with you, finding out what our team's all about through this year will probably push us towards more of a spring recruiting model anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so the, you know, we're, we're okay with the high school season starting in March and really having an opportunity to, you know, really be on the ground floor and see some of these high school prospects, um, when that time comes. And so, um, you know, for us, the, how, how it's built right now is, is, is really okay. And again, if it wasn't okay, no one would care anyways. It is what it is. And we got to, <laughs> we, we got to, we got to adjust and adapt. And that's what we tell our players all the time. We got to just be adaptable. Um, and appreciative of of the opportunities that we we do have, and I am hopeful that we're able to play. And so, um, you know, so we we got to continue to remind ourselves that of that, and continue to recenter ourselves towards that. For sure, uh, Ryan, uh, you talk about the realities of this your roster and the realities of this year. To give some of our listeners an idea, or maybe some guys that even might have an interest in in playing at your level or, or for your school. Let's say this. Let's say you guys have a. You know, you're looking at spring, getting some some signees in the spring. Uh, so now it's a little bit pushed out later. Let's say you have a player that you're that's a a target for you, or even a commit, and he's playing until June 10th. Let's say he goes to the regionals, right? His high school sure. team. What does that mean? And let's say we have a some kind of uh, grip on the virus, and you guys are are having a normal 221, 222. When would summer school normally start or when would you guys normally have like your freshmen working out or, or working with your team under normal circumstances next year? What date would that be? Meaning like for if a high school player ended in June, when would he expect for you guys to be expecting to be on campus or like with your team? Yeah, for us, we're on the quarter system. And so for all the UCs, I believe still um, minus Berkeley, I believe um, we're on the quarter system. So, you know, our fall doesn't start until the end of September. And so we always our our summers broken up into two you know, summer school periods, one that starts at the end of June, a week after our, our normal school year ends, and then another one that starts at the beginning of August. And um, we've moved more and more towards guys wanting to be here for both sessions of summer, but we've only really made the guys come for the beginning of August. And so, um, and, and every every guy's a little bit different. I mean, there's been some high school guys that, that finished their high school year 
in June say, you know what, I need a little more of a break. And so they come in August. Uh, we've had high school guys that have played for their national team. We had a kid that played for the great, you know, the British national team that had things going on in July, FIBA events that they've come in August. So, so to answer your question, um, you know, we've been able to have guys come in for both sessions, which starts at the end of June, but we have everybody here starting at the beginning of August. So, um, you know, with the schedule the way it is, I mean, it, it'd be no issue for us. And again, like I said, if, if you're a college coach and you don't adjust to what's going on for the high school players right now, I think you're, um, I, I don't know if that's, that's appropriate. I think you got to be able to adjust to their schedule and, yeah. and what, you know, what their needs are, especially, especially coming yeah. off a high school season that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the high school players have to be a realistic of what, Especially, you know, if they know the roster, and obviously they will if they want to come to your program, of what the expectation level can be for them to actually get on the court or to be contributors, you know. So uh, I, I think that's a good point that high school players have to be realistic and be ready to adjust as well. Hey, Ryan, um, we had a couple players on before you. We had uh, Issa Silva obviously going to Stanford, and we had uh, Jake Blazona, point guard at Santa Margarita, just kind of talking through you know what they're doing you know during this time as as high school players and how they're preparing for um, you know a late start to their season potentially. Uh, what would your advice be to a, a guy of say like a, a Jake Blazona level who's you know could probably play in college at the D three or NAI level, but you know really needed the the spring and summer to stay on the college radar what would your advice be to them to to you know take their recruitment into their own hands not sure if that's a a violation but just overall advice yeah i mean overall advice for for prospects in general i think is is same thing i was saying before is you know you can't you you can get you can be frustrated with whatever opportunities you don't have but you can't let that control you know, your output, you know, what you, what you give to the game right now. I mean, I think, you know, I I think it's extremely important right now for, for players to really attack this situation in a way where they're finding ways to improve, uh, to get better. Um, You know, college coaches, when we do have the opportunity to go out, do you understand how hungry college coaches are and excited they are when at that point where we were able to go out to see players, we're going to know who's improved, you know, who, who didn't do anything. And that's going to tell you a lot about what they're going to be like when they come to college. You know, do they take an opportunity, do they, you know, get an opportunity and, and relax and, you know, rest on their laurels and say, you know, Hey, this is, you know, I've made it. Or do they take opportunities to, you know, to really move, move the bar. And I think this is a great opportunity to really see what some of these players are all about. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so when we do have the opportunity to get out, um, we're going to know, we're going to know who has, who has moved the needle in their recruiting, because especially right now, we've had great opportunity to really analyze who's who and, and what's out there. And, you know, that's all we can do right now is maybe watch film and read reports and things like that. So I think the opportunity right now to get better, um, to create a routine for themselves, to be goal oriented, uh, set goals for, you know, the areas of their game that they want to improve uh, for older players in their program. How can they expand their leadership role, even though they're not able to be in the gym right now? I mean, how are they motivating their teammates? I think those things are really important at this stage, you know, considering what you can and can't be doing right now. Um, you know, and, and that's okay. And, and as far as, you know, the, just, you know, how you approach the, you know, the colleges, I mean, even though we're in a dead period right now, it doesn't mean you can't go on the internet and do your research about programs and their backgrounds. I mean, there's so much information on coaches and, and mm-hmm. rosters. And, and so 
I think when when that opportunity comes to be recruited or to make decisions on where you want to take visits to, whether they're unofficial or official visits, you can do a lot of legwork leading up into that to really have a feel of a program and where you want to really spend your time investing in um, when that time comes rather than trying to play catch up when it all starts going really quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and and at the same time, too, I mean, you do have an opportunity to maybe get your film together. Um you know, whether it's highlights or game film or whatever, and really, really start pinpointing programs that that you may feel would be a great fit for you because of the research you've done and the people that are around you. I mean, I think high school coaches, AAU coaches are unbelievable resources that have been in the business to say, hey, you know, so-and-so player, you'd be a great fit for here because of the right level, academics, um, the coach, the background of the program. I mean, there's so many components to a program that everyone talks about fit. And I don't think it's defined enough. Like what, what is a fit? It's, you know, and so there's so many different layers to that. And I think we can, you know, I think prospects right now can start going through what are programs that may fit me, um, you know, and, and be able to kind of really pinpoint those and, and start doing some, some legwork on that right now. And for other prospects that have gotten recruited, um, you know, and you've seen, you know, these 2021 prospects that are committing right now, um, you know, hopefully they've, they're not making a, you know, a rush decision on a place. Um, hopefully, it's a place that they've done their research, they've visited, they've built, you know, strong relationships with the coaches. And if you have a great opportunity, a place that is a great fit, um, you know, shoot, you know, looking for maybe something else, something bigger or whatever, is not necessarily, you know, the way to go. I mean, I, I do think that there is some incentive to maybe saying, yeah, this is where I want to go and be able to have that peace of mind, you know, going into the season. So there's two sides of it for sure. And it just depends on what stage of the recruiting process, you know, the prospects in. Coach Bertelli, we appreciate your time, man. No problem. Thank you, Coach. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Of course. Okay. Take care. See you guys. And you see, Devin, he was mentioning that I think one of the things is even if you're playing the season, the CIF season, and you're playing into, uh, you know, into June, it, it, it shouldn't affect going to their level too, too much, you know, yeah. especially. So you got to know what the school's like. That's another factor for the high school coaches and high school recruits have to deal with is where, what school am I entering? A school on the quarter system, a school on the semester, when does school start, when does summer school start? Right now is that perfect time to get that information. No doubt. And I think our, our fourth and final guest just popped in, Coach Jesse Pruitt from Stanford University. Coach, have we got you on the line? Yes, sir. How you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? How's it going? Man, I'm doing great, man. Uh, doing everything I can. Excited to get this school year going. Yeah, that kind of brings us to our first point, man, is is what, what have you been doing, you know, uh, to kind of, you know, keep yourself, uh, uh, you know, up to date with recruiting and players and prospects and the guys you're targeting and even your own players in your program now, you know, during the last four months or so. Absolutely. Well, I think every coach will tell you uh, zoom has became uh, a part of our everyday lives and we we're, we're staying in touch with our own players through zoom. We're doing recruiting presentations, virtual campus tours uh, via zoom and FaceTime and, you know, just, just try to have as many um, touch points as, as possible uh, with, with our players, most importantly, but also with the recruits that we're uh, evaluating. Got it. Uh, Coach, uh, you know, what have you heard? Obviously, you're, you want to get back in the gym. You want to have this season. What has the conference said about you guys, um, whether it's being contacting in person, whether you can gather any any 
potential uh, start dates to anything? Has has the conference or the school let you guys know anything of that nature so far? Absolutely. Um, our school in particular has done a great job of really putting the student athlete first and just the students in general putting their well-being at, at, at the forefront. The challenging part is every state in the Pac-12, every county in the Pac-12 is, is governed differently. Um, sure. You know, so certain schools may be already in the gym practicing, mask on, mask off. Other yeah. schools, mainly here in California, are not based on the counties that we're in. So, um, you know, we're playing a waiting game. You know, some of our guys are on campus uh, working with our strength coach. Everything's outdoors right now. You know, a lot of athletic departments have gotten really creative in terms of how they've set up outdoor uh, workout equipment. Um, but as of right now, Stanford, we are not inside. We're not in the gym yet. And we're hoping in the, in the coming weeks, as some of these numbers go down, we'll be able to get our guys back in the gym. Gotcha. It, must, it must be tough, Coach, because obviously you not only do you have a, a mix of you know returning guys and incoming freshmen and things like that that you you kind of want to see how they they fit specific roles or what their game's all about. Um, you have a guy who is kind of like an NBA type prospect, right? Who's who's still considering staying in the draft. Am I am I right on that? Yeah, uh, our our freshman point guard Tyrell Terry, absolutely. Right, Tyrell Terry. Yeah, it, how difficult is it to manage? You know, all of those different uh, you know aspects of you know incoming guys, returning guys, and guys who you don't know if are going to be back or not. Yeah, it it, it it comes down to leadership. Comes down to the top. You know, our head coach Jared Hass has just been phenomenal. It's awesome, just over the top positivity. And this is our new normal. You know, we're yeah. not unique. Everybody in the country, everybody in the world is dealing with the same thing right now. So we're going to do everything, like I said before, to put our student athletes first, make sure that they're safe. Um, but just embracing this new normal. You know, back in the day when we were growing up, you had basketball camps outside. I mean, you played an outdoor court. Now, we're not going to play games, but if you come back to campus, we might do some workouts. We might do some individual stuff outside. So, um, you know, just finding new ways and creative ways to be more effective in how we teach and how we work out. And then in terms of supporting our guys, um, you know, it's, just, it's constant communication, you know, talk to the agents and the NBA teams and just making sure they're getting all the necessary information so that they're making the best decisions possible. That makes sense. I think coach. Oh, sorry to cut you off, Devin. Good, good, Ryan. Uh, kind of a follow up on that. You mentioned recruiting and, you know, we have a new normal. I would say like recruiting has changed, uh, you know, a few times over the years, like big changes. Like you mentioned before NBA coaches or college coaches could work a camp, right? A summer camp, like five-star be outside right. with the players. And then the right. internet changed things, right? And now uh, like huddle and crossover changed recruiting. So we have another change now. Do you, in your opinion, do you feel like some good is coming out of this with respect to the people that have, uh, are affected by the virus. Do you think any good has come out of this? Or are we going to go back to where we were right before the virus? Or is that, or is it these, some of these changes that are now are going to be permanent? Well, I, good. You know, the NCAA made the rule uh, ago that juniors could start taking official visits. And I thought that was a positive. I thought that helped a young people get a, a, to experience campuses, do it the right way, and um, really have 
marketed idea before they made their decision. So I thought that was positive. You know, I think even now with these uh, Zoom and Skype and FaceTime uh, meetings and campus tours, we'll be able to have even more face-to-face with these young prospects at an earlier stage. So I think that these prospects are going to have more information um, moving forward so they can make a, a, you know, good choices. You know, the, the, the big challenge is the transfer market. And this year there are over 800 transfers, and that really affects the unsigned senior. You know, mm-hmm. so the unsigned senior is the one that um, isn't getting opportunities the last couple of years because of the transfer market. So that kid... I think has to be even more aggressive in terms of how they market themselves, how they send their information out to coaches and really get their name out there. Yeah. That kind of leads us into another, our next question is, you know, what are your thoughts on a, a kid, you know, taking his recruitment into his own hands and being proactive with it and what process should they take to do that? Yeah. I think you really got to uh, rely first and foremost on your high school coach Mm-hmm. that this day and age is often kind of weeded out of the process. I think you've really got to utilize them um, because they still have good relationships with the universities and with the college coaches, as well as your AAU coach. You know, a lot of times you'll go to your AAU coach and say, hey, this is my dream school. And your AAU coach knows the deal. He knows, hey, you might not be a Pac-12 player. Maybe we should be reaching out to these schools. So my advice to young people is cast a wide net. You know, maybe pick... 10 D1 schools, maybe pick, you know, 10 mid-majors, pick some D2s, but don't just say, hey, I want to play for the teams that I see on TV. Sure. You know, more times than not, we have all the resources in the world. Very few times there are going to be some kids that, that, that we don't know about, you know, by the time they're a junior, definitely by the time they're a senior. So you've got to be proactive in terms of reaching out to programs of different levels and sharing with them, not just the highlight tape, because we all know nobody misses a shot in the highlight tape. Everybody looks like an all-star in in, in the mixtape. Send full game footage. We talked about huddle. Send the full game. Send a couple games. Um, We really, we've got time on our hands. So we we literally, as a staff, we'll sit down and we'll watch four or five games a day of prospects um, and really get a great evaluation. So, um, and, and the other thing, as you send these emails out, and you guys would be amazed how many generic or copy and paste emails we get, yeah. take wow. your time, make it per- personal, and say, dear coach such and such. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that, we'll actually read it. But when it's just, hey, coach, or you know, just a generic cut and paste, man, half the time, we're never going to read that. Yeah. You know, so you know, for, for the young folks out there, for the, for the coaches out there, Take, take your time, do your research, um, you know, and, and cast a wide net. That makes sense. That's good advice. Ron, you got yeah. anything else? Yeah, I think that makes sense, uh, Coach, when you, you know, you talk about kids. You, you guys got so much interest in people who would want to play for a program at your level or for your particular program that it's, it, you know, they, they can – you have to cut weed out. You don't have so much time in your day. So, um, you know, ho- hopefully that time – is well spent by the prospect. So we really appreciate that input. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for, for young people also that are, are, are interested in the high academic institutions, yeah. include your transcripts. Send, yeah. send your transcripts. Don't, don't, don't tell us what your GPA is because that's like height. You know, I'm, right. I'm 6'1", but, but a couple of tournaments when I was in high school, I was 6'4". Right. We, all, we, all, 
we all fudge a little bit. So if you want to get recruited by the high academic institution, uh, send the unofficial transcript along with your highlight tape and, and game film, because uh, that definitely helps. It makes sense. Coach Pruitt from Stanford University, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks, thanks for joining us uh, on short notice, man. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks for what you guys are doing, and uh, stay healthy. Yeah, we'll talk Thank to you, you Coach. Soon. Talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, Co- Coach Pruitt mentioned, uh, you know, high academic programs. Make sure your grades are are Stanford level before you send Stanford. And, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, little Devin Newland was was not a Stanford bound academic uh, in high school, so little Devin Newland would for sure definitely not send yeah, Stanford. Well, you know. I think he makes the great point, you know, get your transcript early, which is a great point he mentioned. You know, don't rely on a Google search to how to write a letter and it's just super generic, especially at their level. I mean, you, I mean you're talking about trying to go to Stanford. Yeah. You don't think they can't tell that something's cut, copied and pasted? Like, <laughs> right. you know, like, right. We're not talking about, you know, going to a junior college here. Like, yeah, the crazy, crazy opportunity and, and, and level to try to be at. I mean, you have to be good enough to player to play there to begin with. And then to, to have the academic side. Yeah. So I, I think it's a greater point. Like don't waste their time. They won't waste your kind of thing, you know, For sure. So you don't have no time to waste in this because people are changing the way they're doing recruiting. They're changing the way they're approaching recruiting. So, you know, got to be realistic with yourself. I think even more for now. And I think, uh, Coach Prude mentioned that with the transfer market, there's eight, 900 kids in that thing in the portal. You know, if, if you, you got to be realistic at the, at the, at the level you're going to play too. Yeah. He yep. said, cast the wide net. You know, I'm sure Jake is doing it and I'm sure other level players to that level are doing it. But I also think Devin, that there's certain players that are at Jake's level that, that are going to reach out to a, a Stanford or some school, Northwestern or some school like that. And it's like, it's not going to work for them. You know what I mean? Unless, unless they have the grades and they're willing yeah. to walk on and can, yeah. you know, can pay their own way. Sure. That, yeah. Then that's work. Yeah. But scholarship like, wise, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta be realistic. So when this time, as you reach out, you know, whether you're a D2 player or low, you gotta hit the schools that you realist realistically are going to engage with you back. There's no point. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, if you send out 10 emails and none of them respond, that's got to be. You yeah. Know. You got to adjust. And yeah. I think the, before we sign off for, for this episode, I think the key word and the key uh, takeaway from this, this podcast is adaptability. It's just, everyone is, is changing, you know, the way they're operating and uh, college coaches are changing the way that they're interacting with their own program. They're inter- the, the way they're interacting with their own uh, staffs. Yeah. with with uh, incoming players and how they're interacting and and recruiting you know incoming you know potential prospects yeah and that means that if, if they're adapting high school kids have to adapt to sure. you know gathering their film sending it out identifying good schools uh good levels for them good fits uh, it's an important another important thing find a good fit for you and uh like coach Pruitt said you know make make your email uh non-generic make it to a point where it's like it's a personal type thing and it looks like you took the time to seek out that specific coach, that specific school, um, do your research. Those are those are all kind of the, the key takeaways for me from this. Yeah, um, I think uh, both Bart- Bartelli and, and Pruitt mentioned something good too that 
and we kind of talked about it, like with this new normal, whatever the new normal is going to be, like some of the aspects are not going to go away. So, you know, colleges are going to use Zoom more. They're all going to do virtual tours more. So, you know, you got to do your homework because they're going to do their homework. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and some of the things they're do- implementing now, they're going to like it. They're going to say, this is works for us. This is good. We're going to keep this even when the pandemic is, quote unquote, over. You know what I mean? So yep. you're going to have to adjust as well as a as a as a recruit. And I think with juniors being able to take official visits, it's just going to make. It's kind of like the early signing period did when they when they implemented that, Devin, mm-hmm. it, 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 it speeded up the process. So you got to be on top of it even younger, whether it's with the right core classes and being realistic of what level you may be at, like as a sophomore or going into a junior year. You got to mm-hmm. be like, okay, I, I'm tracking as a as a D1 or I'm tracking as a mid-major, you know, high high to mid. You know, obviously there's going to be outliers. There's going to be guys that blow up, so to quote unquote. But yep. still, you still got to be uh, proactive and, and realistic uh, going in, you know, so. That makes sense, yeah. It, it, it's it's a very interesting. It's, you know, it, it's going to be a tough Nine months, I think, you know, let bas- <laughs> high school basketball season for these guys start basically eight to nine months from now. Yeah. Basically halfway done with the year. And as as Coach Pruitt mentioned, you know, here locally in California, we're a little on the strict side. So you're going to have to be patient and stay on task. I think that's one of the things you mentioned is the attitude is we, we've kind of talked about that, Devin, is we're, now we're getting to the point where some of our days are running together, though the next one is we, very similar. To the I've been there. Yeah, yeah, I've been there the last three months, man. It's just like I wake up and like, damn, it's the same thing over and over and over. Right. You got to throw a little bit. You know, be, you know yeah. you gotta be, keep yourself on track, man. You definitely got to keep yourself on track. Um, uh, you know, it, it, people are going to come out of this different. Like you said, you're going to see who's worked hard. And who's kind of been slacking, but it's also going to show on our end, meaning like people in the media, people, coaches, you're going to see that on their end too. Which ones are like really work this and which ones really got something out of this because then it becomes a, a mental game, yep. a mental sharpness, mental toughness. I think that's a, a huge thing in this too. Don't get discouraged by one coach that says, hey, sorry, uh, Mr. Smith, uh, you know, we're not too interested uh, we already have our guys that we're looking at for 221 or 222. Yeah. You can't be discouraged so fast, you know, it, it, it because you're missing the opportunity. That's the just the reality of the situation. You're missing <laughs> spring, June, Scholastic, and July. It's out. It's not there. It's not coming back. We can't make up the time. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's going to be something new, and 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 that's just how it goes. And we'll we'll, we'll keep people on track. Like I said. You know, in California, we're on a very late schedule. Again, it doesn't seem like it's going to affect, and which is a good thing, going to affect too much like the transition from high school to college. So far from where, where we're getting, it's not going to affect them too much. Like, you know, so you just have a little bit of less rest period. That's yeah. the only really thing I see so far, that the high school players are going to have a little bit of less rest. Well, you're, you're going to have to adjust, you know, to, to uh, that. And like you said, if you... If you think that you're a high school player and you're just going to, you know, if you're not really working on your game or you're not toward the level, if you're talented, but you think you're just going to bypass those seven guys, fresh, freshmen that Irvine had last year, you have another thing coming if you're not working on your game. Yep. You know? So 
you know, on that and that token, you gotta uh, be on on top of these main points we've kind of mentioned. We'll 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 uh, continue to mention them. We'll probably put something online regarding it as we get more information. You know, as we mentioned, states are all over the place, Devin. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tennessee's going. Hey, they're full steam ahead. Practice full contact. Man, California's not anything like that. So. No, no, that's that's pretty wild. But uh, yeah, we will. You know, make sure to keep everyone updated with the latest that's going on, especially in California, but also across the country if if we hear of anything that impacts you know prospects from uh you know 221 and below um make sure you keep tuning into the in the paint show uh presented by ball is life you can find us on spotify uh apple Podcasts, uh, soundcloud anywhere you get your podcasts we are there um but Ryan, I think until next week we are good to go. You guys can, you know, check out our latest content pieces on ballislife.com. And there's a couple opportunities uh, if you guys are interested to, you know, give back to uh, respective movements, whether it's the um, uh, Black Lives Matter movement with our, our T-shirt um, uh, initiative. Uh, 100% of the post operating costs goes back to the bail project. Um, and our other Ronnie uh, is World Central Kitchen. It's our mask initiative. Um, obviously, in California right now, masks are pretty important. So if you don't have one or you need some, we're selling masks on shop.ballislife.com. And 25% of those proceeds uh, go to World Central Kitchen and they feed people across the, uh, across the world, Ronnie. So yeah. um, until next week, make sure you guys take it. Uh, advantage of those opportunities and make sure you guys uh, subscribe and like and comment and uh, we hope you guys tune in uh, to the end of the paint show moving forward we appreciate your time and we'll see you next week